Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about faith, family, freedom, the state of Illinois, our nation, and conservative action. Here's David Smith and Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. During this special edition of Spotlight, the focus is on the state's response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Is the state doing too much, too little, overreacting, or are the state's actions appropriate and potentially effective? Tom Miller with the WJPF Radio Newswatch program discussed that with State Senator Paul Schimpf. The Republican represents the 58th district, which includes several southern Illinois counties. Senator Paul Schimpf, who's joining us this morning, News Radio WJPF. Hey, Paul, how are you? I'm doing well, Tom. Thanks for having me on. So the decision, I think, you know, when you started looking at the decisions from beginning to end, closing down Springfield in both houses of the legislature, uh, when that announcement was made last week in the spring uh, session, that, that got some people's attention, didn't it? It did, and, uh, you know, you know me, I'm a small government guy, and uh, there were so many bad ideas that were being proposed in Springfield. Uh, I'm a believer in the the, the quote that Gideon Tucker gave back 100 years ago, no man's life, liberty, or property are safe while the legislature is in session. So for me, you know, if, if... if we wind up just uh, only getting back together for a short period of time to pass a budget and then not do anything else, that might be a good thing considering how many bad ideas were being proposed in Springfield. You know, and we it's interesting that you bring that up because when you look at this, this is a state without a rainy day fund. It didn't have anything remotely near a rainy, a rainy day fund, and this is a mighty rainy day. It is, and that's one of the reasons why I thought last year's budget was so irresponsible, was because we had record revenues coming in, uh, but rather than trying to get our financial house in order, we chose to spend every last dime and increase spending across the board. So that decision looks even even more short-sighted now. Remediation of the economic impacts. I've already had people texting business owners. What guidance should I be giving my employees now that they won't be working? Where can they find information? But here's the thing. Um, I know the governor talked about things that he'd wanted to accomplish, unemployment insurance being one of them, and the legislature would be needed to do that while at the same time sending the legislature home before it was done. Well, we are going to have to make a trip up there at some point. Uh, there's legislation that has to get passed. There's a budget that has to get has to get passed. So, there's no doubt in my mind that the legislature is going to be able to give the state of Illinois what we need. And you know, this is a time where you know me. I'm a small government guy. But this is one of the times that we do need government. Government exists to handle disasters like this. And, uh, you know, the, the first thing that we need to, you know, we need to remind ourselves is that uh, we need to trust our elected executive officials, you know, namely both President Trump and Governor Pritzker. You know, they are trying to make the best decisions possible based on guidance from medical experts. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, we may not be happy with everything that, uh, that they decide. There's going to be some mistakes that may be made. You know, when we look back, when we have the, the benefit of, of hindsight being 2020, we may say, you know what, that probably wasn't the best choice. Uh, but we need to cut our elected officials some slack and realize that they are trying to make the best decisions they can with very limited information. They're trying to balance 
uh, the preventative measures that are necessary to uh, try to control this, uh, and at the same time not create mass hysteria, which is going to be bad for everybody. So uh, it's this is one of the times where we need to come together as a people. Uh, there is a time and a place for partisanship and for political disagreements, but now is not the time. We really do need to pull together. It's interesting you mentioned that balance. Uh, one of our listeners and somebody I know from Heron says, look, I, I spent the weekend in Missouri at the farm over there, and I came back home, and he says Missouri seemed to be pretty sedate in its reaction as to compares, and he called, he used the word chaotic uh, when he returned home and saw the grocery stores and, and what had been going on since he's been gone. Um, there has been some overreaction, I think, when it comes to food staples and consumption there and, and toilet paper and some maybe some irrational pur- purchases here. Uh, have we overreached? Have, have these uh, 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 these measures caused a little more fear than we would have hoped? I, I wonder how you interpret that. You know, I can't answer that question because I'm not privy to the information that Governor Pritzker is privy to. Uh, you know, they have had the, the, the daily briefing, but I'm still I'm not getting I'm not getting access to the information that the that the governor has. Uh, I do think, though, that the governor needs to do some things right now, and I'm, I'm giving this advice, you know, not as a not as a state senator, not as an attorney, but back in my early 20s, I was an infantry officer in the Marine Corps, and you know, I still think like an infantry officer. And really, you know, I think if you're dealing with any type of situation. You need to have three things. You need to have a crystal clear objective, you need to have a plan, and you need to have unity. And the first thing that I really think uh, it would help the situation if Governor Pritzker did right now is I think he needs to clarify what we are trying to do. Uh, I heard Mayor Lightfoot from Chicago say that we're trying to you know, stop this virus from spreading altogether. And that's just frankly not possible. This is very contagious. It is going to be everywhere. We are going to see this. Uh, we're going to see this probably next flu season as well. So I think we need to clarify that what we're trying to do is we are trying to learn from the lessons of the 1918 Spanish flu epidemic. We're trying to avoid the situation that Italy finds itself in right now where they don't have enough hospital beds for the people that require them. We are just trying to do what what you have called flattening the curve. Uh, But that is different from saying, okay, we're going to stop this this virus, this disease from spreading altogether right now, because that's not possible. Uh, We are all going to get exposed to it. Now, the good news is this is a lot closer to the chicken pox than it is to the bubonic plague that wiped out half the population of Europe. Uh, This is only a threat to our older citizens who have compromised immune systems, chronic conditions, heart disease, lung disease, diabetes, those are the people that are, that are going to have their health threatened by this. Uh, but all of us are going to be exposed and all of us can carry it. And that's why we're trying to flatten the curve. We're trying to just say we don't want to have a, uh, a peak outbreak where we have the, the number of patients requiring hospitalization overwhelming our capacity to treat them. That's what we're, we're trying to do. And I, you know, I think it would be useful for Governor Pritzker to make that point clear. The, uh, the second thing that I think is absolutely necessary for him to do right now is he needs to talk about what the plan is going to be to get us back to normal. 
this is going to be a, a fight that is largely going to happen with our local governments. It's going to be our local first responders. It's our school districts. They are the ones that are going to be in the trenches on this, and they're looking for the state to provide them with resources and supplies. Same thing with the federal government. But we also, you know, they are the ones that are, that are making the tough decisions, and it's not just the school lunches. It's also, you know, how do we provide daycare for the families that have small children and both parents are working? You know, that's, that's a service that the schools provide, and that's something that we have to figure out how we're going to deal with. So, you know, when we say that we're going to be in a, uh, you know, uh, you know, we're going to have closings, we're going to shut down a lot of events in our society, the question is how long? How long can we do that? Because, you know, frankly, to, can, to have schools shut down indefinitely is not sustainable. Right. And I would like to, I, I think it's important that the, that the governor comes out and says, okay, our goal is we are trying to flatten, flatten the curve, but we're looking at coming back to normal uh, in society by, you know, maybe by Easter. That may, be, that may be optimistic, I don't know. But one of the lessons that we've learned is, you know, and this is the, uh, this is the infantry officer in me again, is indefinite warfare gets unpopular very, very fast. You know, you have to have you have to have an exit plan. Uh, you need, people need to know that there's going to be a pathway back to normal. And I think the governor would really help uh, help the situation if he started talking about what that was going to be. And we can't just say, oh, well, it's when the amount of detections go down, because as we have more testing, the numbers are going to continue to rise. You know, that's going to be for the foreseeable future. We are going to have the number of cases rise. But if we're just trying to flatten the curve, if we're trying to make sure that we don't have a spike in the need for treatment, that sh- you know, if that is the goal, then we should be able to kind of uh, put a targeted end date for these measures and a time that we can get our society back to normal. Well, it's interesting because when the CDC uh, set out their new guidelines, no more than 50 for two weeks, I wondered if that was a point for reassessment or they thought that maybe we had uh, sufficiently uh, controlled that. But, of course, you know, a fluid situation, as Roz Rice called it from SIH earlier in the hour. Uh, we're speaking with Senator uh, Paul Schimpf. Paul's not going to be on the ballot tomorrow. I'm not going to be on the, on the ballot. Uh, at the time when you had to uh, circulate petitions and make the decision to run for reelection. I thought that I was going to be uh, nominated for a federal judge position. One of my core beliefs is that uh, elected office is a is a temp job, and you should not be running for something if you have no intention to serve the term. You shouldn't be treating elective office just as a stepping stone to something else. So I couldn't at that point in time uh, really ask uh, you know, ask voters to vote for me and, and put my name on the ballot. I couldn't do it in, in good conscience. Unfortunately, the federal judge thing fell through. I am disappointed in that, but I also understand that God's plan is not necessarily my plan. And uh, I'm, you know, my family and I are very blessed, and uh, you know, we'll just look forward to uh, to other challenges. Sheriffs uh, sued the uh, Illinois, including the Illinois Attorney General. The file suit filed a lawsuit filed on Friday uh, about the Illinois Trust Act and saying, look. We're being forced to comply with these non-immigration, these immigration retainers. We don't pay attention to them. Uh, I mean, we've literally got sheriffs suing the government to observe the law. 
Well, I think the I think the Republican Party ought to uh, ought to stand for responsible government, safe families, and economic growth through capitalism. And you know, I don't. You know that's a that's a platform that everybody can get behind. I don't see how you can say you're in favor of safe families when you're releasing uh, releasing former inmates, you know, with felony convictions into the general population rather than turning them over to ICE for deportation. That's just, that's just me. That's that's common sense. And uh, you know, if you know, I, I hope that uh, that Governor Pritzker, you know changes that policy because that to me just doesn't make sense. Of course that was put in in 2017 in particular that was under the Rauner administration. Well, now- it's true the Rauner you know it was signed, but this is this is now being interpreted in a new way. Uh, by the Pritzker administration, so I, I guess you can say there's there's bipartisan blame for that that, that debacle. I certainly voted no on, on that on that law, but the problem is now how the Pritzker administration is interpreting that law. Are you surprised the Illinois Department of Natural Resources closed all the parks and state-owned property? As I said, I don't I, you know I don't have. I don't have the information that the governor is is privy to, so I'm not going to arm, armchair quarterback what he's what he's doing, uh, because really I think at this point uh, to get through this disaster we absolutely have to be have to be unified. And one of the things that the governor can do that will improve that situation is he needs to stop going out of his way to incessantly attack. The Trump administration. You know, I listened to his interview. He was just on. He went after the Trump administration about the testing. There was no need for him to do that. As I said, there is a time and a place for for partisan politics. This is not one of them. And you know, uh, the governor needn't throw stones either when he's standing in a glass house. Uh, you know, the state of Illinois is going to have lots of incidents where our performance could have been better. There was one last Thursday in Monroe County where we, uh, where it took us over three hours to get approval from the state of Illinois to administer a COVID-19 test. That is absolutely unacceptable. A lot of people wanted to immediately go to the media about that, and I counseled them not to do that because uh, that is something where it doesn't help to undermine the faith in our government and just use it to use it to make political attacks. If something is bad and it comes out, you know, like we had with the airport, you know, the delays in screening at O'Hare, you say, yes, this is unacceptable. We are going to work together to get it fixed. I am in contact with the administration. I'm confident that we can resolve this. You don't turn that into a personal insult. And our governor needs to do a better job remembering that he represents all of us and that we need to come together. Uh, the governor, when he gave his state of the state speech, you know, back in January, he's, you know, he used the term where he spoke out against what he called carnival barkers. Well, the governor needs to prove to me that he's not one of them. He needs to stop with the attacks on, on the president, and he needs to bring us together. Senator Paul Shemp, who said a fine example, we can only hope more people in Springfield will follow, but uh, we'll cross our fingers and hope for the best. (laughs) Senator Paul Shemp, Paul, thanks for your time this morning. Appreciate it. 
Thanks a lot, Tom. Good having, good being on with you. Is there anything else you need to share with us this morning uh, that maybe I didn't ask about that you'd like to talk about? Because you're not going to get a chance to talk recently. There's been a lot going on. Just as we take a moment and a deep breath, anything else that we need to know before I let you go, Senator? I just want to close by saying that there is no doubt in my mind that we as a nation, state, and a region are going to pull through this. You know, what is in doubt, however, is whether this ordeal is going to make us stronger or weaker. You know, now, if, if we continue to see, you know, the, the, the social media idiocy where people are saying this isn't a threat or that, you know, if I, if I see one more post talking about martial law, my head's going to explode. Uh, if, you know, if we continue to go after each other, we are going to come out of this weekend. But if we come together like we've always done after natural disasters like flooding and tornadoes, if we understand that by making some sacrifices right now, we can potentially save hundreds of lives, we are going to come out of this stronger. But the choice is ours. You know, I know what I'm going to do. I would ask that your listeners you know, really try to set politics aside you know, and come together you know, and, and be patient and make the sacrifices that are necessary to get us through this. State Senator Paul Shemp during the WJPF Radio Newswatch program with Tom Miller. Our thanks to WJPF Radio for allowing the Illinois Family Institute to make this timely, informative interview available to you. Thanks for listening. Be in prayer and God bless. Thank you for listening to Illinois Family Spotlight. For more information, please visit us at ifiaction.org and look for us on Facebook and Twitter. If you would like to email us questions or comments, please do so at feedback at ifiaction.org. Until next time, stay engaged and keep your eyes on the prize.